and welcome to the Upside Down. I mean, to the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald, and you can find me on Twitter at Bob McDonald. And, and joining me, of course, is my is my co-host Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Matt, of course, you can find on Twitter at GrizzTalkOU, and you can find the podcast on Twitter as well at HorizonRT and on Facebook at Horizon Roundtable. Um, yeah, this, this weekend was confusing. <laughs> this it, league sucks. Uh, so th- this entire weekend requires some explanation, because let, let's be honest here. We, we really thought, I mean, everybody struggled. It was insane, and I mean, you know, you, you go into this, you go into the conference schedule with some expectations that your te- that your that that things are not going not as bad as you initially thought. But God forbid that ever happens. Turns out, for some of us, things are worse than we expected, and some things aren't as bad as we thought. As it turns out, so. Um, so let, let's kind of get into that because it seems to me that this is a thing that we need to address very, very. Uh, I'm going to address that this right off the bat because we got to first talk about Detroit Mercy, um, who, by the way, uh, and maybe it's because Detroit, you know, we 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 expected much more out of Detroit Mercy this year than we had last year, and they just basically haven't come up with anything. Up until this weekend. And yet this weekend they got a they they beat Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky, who let's face it, has it has struggled surprisingly in the first couple weekends here. Northern Kentucky doesn't look right. They don't. They, they, well, it's they all really, injury. I know that. Well, they really don't. Um I will say this, they did get Jalen Tate. Jalen Tate is back now. So at least they have that going for them. But Dantes Walton is still out. And it showed. I mean, it really showed. And and the funny thing about the game against the Detroit Mercy win against Northern Kentucky is that it was not all Antoine Davis. In fact, Antoine Davis didn't have his typical Antoine Davis type of game. I, I think he finished, I think he only finished with like 15 points or something. The big thing for the big key to that win was Justin Miller, who got a double-double, and he was abusing the Norse in the paint. He was abusing them. It was it was pretty interesting that he was able to do that. But and, and the Northern Kentucky was struggled the whole game, the entire game. And then of course they turn around and you know beat Oakland pretty handily, I might add. Well, and that's what's frustrating for me as an Oakland fan is, you know, Detroit Mercy did a really nice job with NKU and they exploited that, that middle. Like you said, Mil- Miller, I think he had 17 points. Um, you know, he played a really solid game and he's yeah. really finding his own in, in, within league play. So for Oakland to not turn around and do the same thing where they, let's be real, they should have three centers that are at least as good, if not better than Miller, to not yeah. be able to do the same thing and follow that same game plan. That's that's embarrassing. That's like a really shitty game plan and that's on campy in my opinion i know he has no point guard play and that's what he's still talking about you know we're recording he's probably still doing a post game talk to anyone that'll listen about how he doesn't have a point guard then stop forcing it no he actually he, he actually he, he actually did not put 
Soul Blade. I did hear a little bit of the post game in the loss to in the loss in Northern Kentucky today. Um, the post game, he's he does he basically flat out says they don't know how to finish games right now. They do not know how to finish games. And that's not only do they not know how to finish games, the game plan looks terrible. I I just don't understand how we're the the strength of Oakland is definitely their three bigs. How you don't find a way to exploit that, especially when you have crap nothing guard play. I mean, Trey Maddox is having a good league, but they have no point guard. And okay, so you know that. So don't you find a way to get someone simply to bring the ball up in one way or another, yeah. and then get it down low and let your your bigs feed each other. And they don't do that at all. And and I don't understand it. And I, I'm not a coach. I, I realize that, and I'm sure there's way more to it. And it sounds, you know, I'm probably just a video game idiot, but like. I don't understand how they can't get that ball down low and let the bigs play. But when they do, that's where they've had success, and they didn't do it today. And that's the one thing Detroit Mercy really did well against NKU, and that was a recipe for success. Yeah. You know, you cre- credit to Detroit Mercy. Credit credit to Mike Davis. He found a way. Antoine Davis only took, like, 28 shots instead of 40 shots or whatever it was. So, you know, that was a good day- game for them. They spread it around a bit. They, they really did. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I like to point out also too, and this is this part is important too because I know um, we we kind of we kind of joked around about it on this on Twitter the fact that you know the Detroit Mercy did kind of snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory, but they were going up against Wright State with a bunch of veteran guys who know who who know how to turn it around real quick and be able to kind of you know overcome whatever adversity they have and come out with the victory that's what they did today that's how they did it and you know there's no shame in losing the right state for crying out loud (laughs) there really isn't i mean they are picked they were picked to be the uh they were picked to win the conference they're they were 13 and 3 going into callahan today it's not like the you know it's not like you know detroit mercy complete completely screwed the pooch right state executed down the stretch much better than Detroit Mercy did. I think the one thing, if you're a Detroit Mercy fan or, you know, just a fan of the league, the thing that's disappointing about that game um, is that Detroit Mercy couldn't do simple things like inbound the ball. Yeah. And, and you know, there, there was a lot of those kind of mental mistakes. Even, even at the end of the game, they never got a shot off with two yeah. seconds left on the clock because they couldn't get the ball in. And that's, you know, that's a young team. That's a, okay, now we, you know, we got to figure out how to fix that. But that, that was disappointing because I really thought for them that they had a chance to win that game. And, uh, but on the other hand, for the league, it's probably better they didn't because right now the best thing to happen for this league is for Wright State to roll everybody and get me the NCAA tournament. Any losses to someone like Detroit Mercy is only going to hurt Wright State in seeding. And right now this league is so terrible that that's what we have to look forward to is hopefully getting our best team into the league or into NCAA tournament and letting them maybe have a chance to make some noise because no one else in this league can do anything. It's, it's abysmal. It's it's embarrassing. It's it's one gigantic slap fight from two to from now. We've been talking about for the entire non-conference talking about this blanket over two through two through seven. Now it just seems like you know anybody who's not right state and even right state is not immune as it turns out. It's just you know it's just one massive slap fight at this point in time. You can't, you know, you you really you really can't predict anything. Um, and, and I did we now I mentioned now I mentioned last episode that I don't expect Wright State to run the table. Nobody expects that to happen. I didn't ex- at the same time. I also didn't expect them. I know you 
this, the thought that perhaps Detroit had a shot. Detroit Mercy did have a shot, but Wright State came through. They now, almost look really smart. They, yeah, you, that's true. That is very true. But unfortunately, that was that unfortunately was not to be. Still, um, it, it's it's still kind of a. I don't know. It, it's interesting for Detroit Mercy kind of see where they're at and you see kind of how their dynamic is because at the very least at this point, at least for now, these last, this weekend, at least they found that they can, they have other options besides Antoine Davis. Now that actually will work in this will actually work throughout the conference schedule. It obviously didn't work in the non-conference naturally, of course, it, when you're you know when you're playing like five or six by games, you have no chance in hell anyway. But a, as far as the conference is concerned, maybe there is a method to Mike Davis's madness. Hey, I'm not going to count them out right now. I mean, no. what I'm not counting out anybody. My my brother tweeted me and he was we were talking about trying to figure out you know who who is the number two team right now because nobody can play well. He he suggested Purdue Fort Wayne, so I can't even count. <laughs> For, who isn't even in the league yet, which is awesome, by the way. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, it, it is just in, yeah, it, it's, you really can't put a gauge. I, I know we, we've talked about that. We, we talked about this, you know, in years past about maybe it's uh, how, how early it is in the, in the season, in the conference schedule to make any assessments about who's up, who's down, because it always changes. I remember last season when Milwaukee started. I think Milwaukee started like what three and zero last year, and we thought, you know, maybe maybe Pat Baldwin has got this whole thing turned around, and then they turn around and lose eleven in a row and finish in last place in the conference. I mean, that's you know, I I don't. It seems to me that this probably would be a thing that also happened. I wouldn't put it past any of these teams to do that same exact thing. We're just not at a point to figure out who that team exactly is at this point, because you can't tell. I mean, did you really, I mean, let's go to the, let's go to green Bay. Did you expect green Bay to, you know, basically beat the crap out of UIC and then turn around and have IUPUI beat the crap out of them on their home court. They blew them out. What was that? I don't even know. This is, I mean, and this is kind of the inconsistency that Green Bay has had all year because you've seen them produce giant turds during the non-conference, and we thought they were they had worked that out already. But no, I mean, at certain point in times, you know, IUPUI was up twenty plus on them, and I'm like, am I? What year is this? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I can't, I, you can't put a gauge on like, and, and Green Bay who, you know, beats, beats Northern Kentucky, beats, you know, beats UIC pretty, uh, you know, beats UIC, although I wouldn't say handily. I think they, they, that was a little closer than I thought, but IUPUI just went in there and there were, IUPUI has no expectations at this point in time because they went up to the rest center 0-3. They basically, you know, they, they don't really have a whole hell of a lot of hope, but they turned around and just beat the brakes off of the Phoenix. And I'm still trying to figure out why. I mean, it's just so bizarre 
how some of these performances have taken place, it, just even four, three, four games into the conference schedule. I don't get it. You really just, I've said it, like, put put all the, the names in a hat and then draw them because it doesn't matter. Outside of Wright State, it just doesn't matter right now. Nobody's Nobody seems interested in winning basketball games consistently in this league. I, what do you I do with this? I don't know. I don't know. I'll, all I know is that we got we do have our we uh, as as I understand it correctly, John Parker is working on the power rankings. Oh. Dude is pulling out his hair right now, trying to figure out what the hell to do. John, here's the power rankings. Don't like, <laughs> power rankings. One, right state. Two, doesn't matter. Three, no one cares. Four, screw it. Who's who's still reading? Like, stop. Just. It doesn't matter. This league is so terrible right now, and nobody, nobody seems interested in winning basketball games or playing somewhat consistently. Uh, you know what? I, I dispute. Okay, I will disagree on one factor. There is at least one team that is interesting and interested in winning right now. One team besides Wright State that is interesting in, in winning right now. It's the one team that literally nobody thought was going to be interested. It was going to have any chance in hell of winning anything this year. Go ahead, beat your Cleveland State drum. Yes. So, um, and I, I said this last episode, and you, you, you basically poo-pooed me and said, "No, no, there is no way this is going to happen." And I, and I have said this over and over again: Cleveland State is going to defend themselves into some wins. And it really also helps that a Tory Patton's 100% because that kid played his ass off against Youngstown State. He had 25 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Cleveland State wins um, again against Youngstown State. Youngstown State fan, I got to ask you, what is it with Jared Calhoun playing Cleveland State? What is it with him playing this particular team? I don't get it. I don't get it. And I said this last episode. Youngstown State has had consistently on paper the better team than Cleveland State, and it's produced one whole win over the course of the last two and a half seasons. Bob, I will make you a deal. If Cleveland, I, if Cleveland I, State gets there next weekend and, and wins both of those games, we can do an entire podcast on just Cleveland State. I will even pretend to care. And like Scott Garrett. <laughs> oh man! Wow. Um, you got yourself a deal. I don't think they're getting out of Oakland alive, but sure, let's go with that. Uh, well, I, wait. I'm sorry. They're both home games. They're both at the Wolstein Center, so yes. there, there is a shot. Um, I think, I, I think the the more intriguing matchup because I, I, I think Oakland is going to eventually. I think Oakland is kind of going to write the ship against Cleveland State this weekend. Um, I know Cleveland State is, is doing a lot better than I thought they would and a lot of better than a lot of people thought. And I, I do think that's going to – I think that's going to bear out against Detroit, Mercy, more than it will against Oakland because I think Oakland has just way too much firepower. And Oakland has way too many big bodies in front. Um, I, I see where Cleveland State could potentially put – uh, Al Eichelberger and Jalen Hill and Spider Johnson get that rotation going on as opposed to the four guard set they've been deal- doing right now. 
which is actually what they did against Youngstown State too, because they were rotating, uh, they were rotating two forwards into that into onto the court, which is something I haven't seen a lot of this year, mostly because they don't have any kind of depth in the front court. But it, it, it's kind of bare. It's actually it it works. It when, works. When is the trade deadline? Can I trade a big for for like a guard or like a depth guard? When is, when is the trade deadline pass in the league? Uh, I didn't know there was one. Sorry. Damn it, wrong spot. I mean, the best part of the Cleveland State thing is, you know, basically, and I said this last episode, and I'm going to repeat it again, Cleveland State has finally found an actual ball handler, as opposed to whatever the hell was happening during the uh, the non-conference schedule where they were handling the ball like Edward Scissorhands. Apparently, Craig Bodwan has decided he is, you know, Dennis Gates has decided Craig Bodwan is his ball handler, and Craig Bodwan has responded by averaging more than seven assists a game. And if you'd have told me that Craig Bodwan was going to be your primary ball handler at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, okay, I don't know. I mean, I probably would have said, I don't know, because I didn't know what the hell we were going to get. <laughs> hey, all I, I mean, know is you got, you got, I would take your team right now over Oakland, that's for sure. That's insane. I mean, and it's and and that's going to be an interesting matchup too, for with Oakland versus Cleveland State because with because you know we know Oakland's issues with their backcourt and how they have struggled specifically with their ball handling, and then you put that up against a Cleveland State team that defends the hell out of the backcourt, especially when you got guys like Bodwan and Trago Million. And you know, and Cash Thomas, Hugo Ferreira, though, though all those guys are going to clamp down. It's going to be very interesting. And I'm also, and I'm telling you, I love the fact that you know, I, I love how I Al Eichelberger is playing. This is the guy we expected to see last year, and we didn't get a whole heck of a lot of him last year. But this year, he is. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm, I, I, I want to stop. I'm going to stop short and saying he can square up against Brad Brechting, but I don't know, maybe. Hey, who knows right now? Again, I, I'm not, I'm not think, leading the break. I, you know? I think he, I think he, I think he handles Justin Miller next week. I think Al Eichelberger handles Justin Miller next week. Miller and then all, against Love, I, I, I appreciated and, their battle. And then all, and then also, I mean, and also too, I mean, this and this part is important. Is that you against Young Sound State? They had a game plan. Where they want they were gonna Nas Bohannon was gonna get his touches, and Nas Bohannon got his touches. He he had a double double, twenty plus points, double digits on on rebounds. You knew he he knew he was gonna get his he got his numbers. But what they did at the same time is they they targeted Darius Quisenberry, and Darius Quisenberry only got five points. So imagine what imagine the game plan against Detroit Mercy. Where their primary, you know, their primary focus at this point in time is Antoine Davis, and it, you know, and, it, and not, not to say that they won't have other options. Obviously, Marquise Moore has been coming up uh, lately. Chris Brandon's been coming up lately, and then of course Justin Miller up front. But I wouldn't put any. You know, I I think Cleveland State comes out of the comes out with the win against Detroit Mercy. Oakland's going to be a little bit more of a back and forth thing. And I think it's going to, and I think realistically with Cleveland State versus Oakland, I think it's going to come down to who does better up front. And I don't know if, 
I don't know if Cleveland State has it. Cleveland State, you know, Al Eichelberger can probably square up against Brad Brechting. I don't know if anybody's got an answer. Anybody's going to have an answer for Xavier Gilmaze, though. I, I don't know. Unless Someone's it, not giving the ball first. That's all I've learned. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I do know that, yeah, it, it's a, yeah. A, yeah, I, I, I'm, it's amazing. I'm talking a lot more about Cleveland State than I thought I was going to talk about. It's, it's insane. Well, let's, let's skip over to MKE uh, UIC today. Uh, yes. So, so UIC is just such a weird animal. And, you know, again, UIC is, UIC is, you know, Steve McLean's in deep trouble. You can tell. <laughs> I mean, they, they, uh, you know, they, they lose, they, they, they got swept in Wisconsin. They, they lost against Green Bay. They get, oh man, who the hell drew up that last? I mean, four seconds on the clock, and you just, you know, and Milwaukee's able to get the get the winning shot. I mean, Steve Steve McLean is is in trouble, like you said. The, oh, he doesn't have he doesn't have an excuse at this point. You know, like Campy's nope. gonna Campy's got the transfer excuse. Cleveland State's got the transfer excuse. NKU's been, you know, totally injury plagued. Whatever, like, there's you, you hate to see excuses. I'm not saying use them, but but there's excuses. UIC right now doesn't have any. They're at full strength. I mean, yeah, they 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 had some injuries early, but they've got everybody right now. Yeah, they, they do. They are simply just not executing, and that's coaching. No, McLean, they're really McLean's not. Trouble. That is, yeah, and I, yeah, I mean, and and UIC had every chance to win that game against Milwaukee. And, and not to say that Milwaukee is blowing everybody blowing everybody away either, but you know, and is blowing everybody away either because you know Pat Baldwin might have some issues too in terms of, I if he loses if Pat Baldwin loses this game, I'm saying he might be in a little bit of tr- trouble in Milwaukee. Not to say that will actually happen. I think you know I I think he's gonna he 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 might get a pass on that one, but but. You know, now you have a situation where Milwaukee rebounds from kind of going into the going into the buzzsaw of Wright State and Northern Kentucky, going into Wright State and Northern Kentucky, losing both those games, coming home, winning both of those games, and now they don't look as bad. Um, but UIC looks terrible, and it's not you know, and and again, it, it, this is. It's kind of they suffer from the expectations of what they have on their roster, and you could make the argument early in the season when you know your primary players, your star players were hurting or out or not shooting terribly in the case of Godwin Bowen, but you're at full strength now. You have everybody back. What's going on? I don't understand it. It's, yeah. It, it, it if you're a UIC fan right now, you're probably sitting there scratching your head, wondering <laughs> when is it going to be our time? And it should have been your time this year, but it's not. If it's not this year, their time's not coming because there's going to be a coach change. Nope. There's going to be a whole new. There's going to be a couple years out again. It seems yeah, right. to always be the case. Exactly. You're not. You know, you're you're starting from scratch. And you're not going to be able to, you know, you're going to be starting from scratch and you're not going to have the, you're not going to have, you're going to have the luxury of, you're not going to have the luxury of having what should be one of the best backcourts in the conference. How do you squander that out of curiosity? 
Because we know what Marcus Adi and Tarkus Ferguson bring to the table. You know if Marcus Adi and Tarkus Ferguson were playing for Greg Campy right now, Oakland would be damn near unbeatable. Oh my gosh, you just gave me like just this. I'd take either one of them. Like I said, I'm yeah. going to make a trade. Like if, if we can, you know, do a midseason trade, I'm <laughs> like, my God, like I just, I just, ugh. how yeah. do you not, how do you not win games if you're UIC right now? Like, exactly. and I mean, the worst part is not like I said. We all know that McLean's going to get canned. Like, there's oh, no way you can bring that. So obvious at this point. But but even looking ahead, not to like jump to like you know six six weeks from now a, a different podcast, but like. Every team in the league, assuming that no one gets wrecked by transfer portal again, every team in the league is is on the right path and, and looking even stronger next year, except UIC. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the league, I think, will rebound for next year, again, assuming nothing tragic happens. Like, everybody's on the right path, except UIC. Exactly. And yet here, yeah, exactly. UIC is, you know, this was supposed to be UIC's year. Last year was realistically supposed to be UIC's year. And UIC floundered last year, and they're doing the same thing this year. And it's there's one common variable in all this, and it's Steve McLean. I mean, you know, it's but and it's funny because we we we've we talked many years ago about and I mean, Steve McLean was, but to be honest, I mean. In all honesty, Steve McLean was the guy they needed at the time to, because you I remember before Steve McLean, UIC was a complete wreck. I mean, they were even bigger wreck than they are now. But and you should see, you know, you you, you Steve McLean did get them to a certain point, but he cannot go any further. It looks like. So you got to find a guy, and and you got to find a guy who's going to bring you over the hot top. And I'm not, you know, and that's going to be on the, that's going to be on the new AD. That's going to be on Michael Lippitz. Um, and you know, he he's going to have to. It looks like he, he's going to. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious he's going to end up bringing in his own guy. I mean, it's it's obvious at this point. Absolutely. And who can blame him? I mean, realistically, who can blame him? You're not, you know, you're not going to want to keep McLean there. That's for sure. So no, you know, he and you know, he he's you know, McLean's on borrowed time at this point. So unless somehow he writes the ship within the next six weeks, he he could consider himself gone. He he pretty much has to win the NCAA, get to the NCAA tournament at this point. Like that's the only possible way to keep his job. I think. Do you see it happening though? I. Don't- you know what I do, oddly enough, because I've said it before, I think right it's going to be easy for Wright State to trip somewhere, and I don't know where yet. I could see UIC putting it together and making a, a Horizon League run and, and grabbing a you know a 15 seed in the in the NCAA tournament. And that's not a good thing for the league, but I could could see it happening. Well, we're kind of at a we're kind of at the point where we're kind of at the point where Wright State is probably going to be a 14, 15 seed anyway, so it's not like we're losing. I mean, it, it's you know, we're 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 not in play-in territory by any stretch of the imagination. There are, if you can believe it or not, conferences that are infinitely worse than the Horizon League, but you know, we're not we're not at a point where you you and even with Wright State, you know, even if they do you know, do what they're expected to do and win the conference and make it to the tournament. A, a, a win in the NCAA tournament just seems so unlikely at this point. 
It does. I could see them probably as a maybe as high as a thirteen, but uh, I see them as a. I would only see them as a thirteen if they actually. I would see them as a thirteen if they actually did run the table in the conference, which I don't see them doing. That's like the best case. I see them sliding into a twelve if they if they just ran everything and they don't lose lose from here out. I could see them sliding into a twelve seed. But that would that that is kind of I think that's kind of pie in the sky. I don't think absolutely. I I I think they lose a couple games. I mean, goes without saying that I think they lose a couple games. Win. Hopefully later rather than sooner. <laughs> but yeah, but it is what it is. But again, they but again with with Wright State, you see what you know, this is what a veteran team does. They get down, they overcome adversity, and they 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 win. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what Steve Nagy's got them set up for. And you don't see that a lot in the conference right now. You don't see a lot of that in the conference right now. And, and it's you know, and that's kind of the and that's kind of where we're at right now. Now, as for Milwaukee, I know, um, and as, as for Milwaukee, Milwaukee, I'm still trying to get a read on Milwaukee right now. I can't really tell where they're at in this whole scheme. I mean, they're they they do seem to be a lot, but they do seem to be better than they were last year. But by how much? I think that kind of solidify i mean that's kind of what you can say about the whole conference and that's probably the problem is so many of these teams they still don't know what they are and we don't know what they are and everyone's just kind of scrambling you know right state knows what they are and they're playing like they know what they are does anybody else have an identity and know how to play and the answer seems to be not really yeah i mean do you expect i mean you i mean youngstown state had every opportunity to be sit up there with right state be three and oh and uh, you know, be undefeated in the conference, and it didn't happen. Um, because uh, apparently Cleveland State is their kryptonite. I don't, and still don't understand that one. Um, you look at everybody else in the conference, and you just wonder, okay, what the hell is going on? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it, I guess it's kind of an extension. It, it's funny because it seems like it's such an extension of the it's such an extension of what we've been talking about in the non-conference where they're, you know, the conference, you know, these teams underperformed so badly and you would have thought they would have not carried that over into the conference schedule. But it really seems like they are. I mean, there's there's only three teams in the league that are over 500 right now. I mean, that's, that's, that's sad. That is really sad. I mean, you've got you've got Wright State at fourteen and three. You've yep. got NKU, who didn't play the hardest schedule, mind you, and they're at ten and six. And yep. Youngstown's at nine and seven. And from there, it gets real ugly. Yeah, you're you've got like six and ten, six and elevens, and then of course Detroit, who's like what two and thirteen? Three. Yeah. Three. Oh, sorry, three and thirteen. But one of those forget- is NKU. Then you're like, what the hell? So you, again, just. Throw them in a hat, draw a name, put them in the tournament, in the Horizon League tournament, and let's just let them play one more game. It's This is just – it's almost not fun, but it's kind of more fun in a way too, just to watch and see what what the hell are we going to get today. Hey, you know what? It makes our job fun. Get to figure out what the hell is – you know, get to talk about what weird shit goes on in <laughs> week in and week out. <laughs> I don't know about you. It makes it hard. So, like, 
most days, if there, there's Horizon League games going on, I've got it up on my phone and I'm watching the scoreboard and I'm kind of flipping on my iPad like to different games is how I like try to watch stuff. It makes yeah. it really hard because I don't even know what to tune into because everything is just such a shit show. You're like, wait, why are they doing that? Wait, oh, Detroit, Detroit's up on North Northern Kentucky. Like, what, what? I don't even know what to watch. Like, there's nothing that you can count on. Yeah. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> this league, man. This freaking league. <laughs> oh, so, and we got, we we got have Fort up? Wayne to look forward to next year. Ah! Yeah, great. What do we uh, got coming up this week? Anything exciting to really look quote unquote forward to? Well, we have the well. Uh, uh, well, I have something to look forward to, especially if they sweep uh, Cleveland State against Detroit and Oakland. I'm looking. I personally, I don't know about you, but I'm personally looking forward to that one now. I'm not uh, looking forward to anything more than I expect. More than I was expecting to. I'll tell you that much. Um, yeah, I think this will be an opportunity. Well, I, I also like to see how you how Youngstown State does against Oakland. Um, I do they re I do they rebound? I would hope they rebound. That would be nice. Like good gravy. But um, but we also have the Green Bay. We also have the Saturday game. Uh, we have the that one off the Milwaukee Green Bay game yeah. on Saturday. That'll, so that'll be, be interesting. I'm excited. I, I, yeah, excited for that one. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing how because again, I can't get a read on Milwaukee and and and. Green Bay has just been so erratic. I mean, that's the only way I could describe him is erratic. It's like a Jekyll. That's what they are, man. It's insane. I mean, yeah. So, so I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, Um, looking at the schedule outside of that game, there's nothing that I'm like really excited about. Like, I'm not going to get super excited about Detroit Mercy Youngstown State. Like, okay. I mean, they're going to play a game. It's fine. You know, Northern Kentucky at UIC. That should have been a great game. That should have been. Oh yeah. I mean, that's an, that is, and that game's on ESPN too. But, yeah. But that's not necessarily the two teams that we want showcased right now either. Like it's not, you know, in the year that looked like that should be a marquee. Yeah, this is a this is a game right now. Yeah. I don't think anyone, even North Northern Kentucky fans or UIC fan, if they still exist, I don't think anyone's excited for that game. Like that's not what we want on national no, television just like we didn't want, we didn't want Oakland Wright State on ESPNU the other day and we saw why it was ugly that's that's not a good look for the league oh that was really bad um but yeah i mean i mean what what is your alternative though those friday games are either northern kentucky uic or Wright state iupui do you really want to put iupui on national television under any circumstances right now no especially no. not against Wright state i mean no, by all so... by all I mean, by all accounts, unless Wright State really just basically goes into this bizarro portal again, we unless we we are living in unless we aren't actually living in the upside down, Wright State should dominate that game. I mean, just dominate it. <laughs> and you know, there there's just no way, shape, or you know, and I, you know, I say that right now, and then IUPUI makes it close, which will just annoy the crap out of me. <laughs> In in some ways, it almost feels like Wright State needs to drop a game to get that monkey off their back, so they can just play basketball. Like I, well, I, I don't well, if they're gonna like... do that, let it be. If they're gonna do that, let it be against UIC. Okay, just let it be against UIC. I'm okay with that. 
you know, at least with UIC, at least, you know, you know, you should think that UIC should square up better against Wright State. I've said this before and I'll say it again because this is, you know, that this is kind of what's, you know, basically salvaged UIC season last year is going up against Wright State. Um, I mean, I say salvage like they, you know, like something miraculous happened, but, you know, let's be realistic. That's generally not how it goes. I really do think that it's it's in our it's in our interest that Wright State sweeps again, but who knows? You know, should be an I I don't know if it's it's a it's a foregone conclusion that that's the case, but you never know. <laughs> I mean, this it's been such a weird. I mean, even even the first three or four games. And again, I think it, I mean, we talk about this as if, you know, the season is basically a, a wash. We still have what 14, 14, 15 games in the season left. We still have that many games. So anything is possible at this point. Anything's possible. And I mean, the reality is everyone's still battling, especially for that two spot. Cause that two spot does have the double buy this year. So. Yes, it does. This is true. And so I, I, everything's still up in the air. Anyone can still grab it. I mean, obviously, Wright State could go on a free fall and could fall to the first place, but we're going to assume that's not going to happen. So really, everyone's still battling for that second place, and it's still very much anybody's game oh, after the two weekends here. Absolutely. And I don't think – although, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's weird because we, we have these kind of – we've had these levels of of the of the league – of the conference in general, where you have Wright State up top, and then you have a second tier that's not really that second tier anymore because it, that second tier was supposed to be Northern Kentucky, Green Bay, Oakland, and maybe UIC, and all of those guys, you know, they've all, every one of those teams have had issues. And then kind of that, that third tier where you have Milwaukee and maybe Detroit Mercy. Milwaukee still, I would put in that third tier, and Detroit Mercy. Uh, I mean, Detroit Mercy is playing better than they were. Um, I'm not completely sold on them yet. And then that bottom tier where you have Cleveland State and IUPUI, and, and, and Cleveland State is not. I don't think I don't consider Cleveland State in that bottom tier anymore. And maybe, and maybe it's maybe I'm kind of no. Maybe it's because I'm totally delusional, and that could be the, that could be the case. But at the same time. The like I said, the way they have been playing over the course of the last, you know, over the course of the last month, even it's it it, it amazes me that they and and ask and ask any Cleveland State fan, five wins was probably we thought was kind of the ceiling for this team. They have six now, so you know anything else at this point is kind of gravy for Cleveland State. Also, like to point out the fact that somebody at the plant, Cleveland Plain Dealer finally decided to send somebody to the damn game this week. Finally, That's after of fucking ignoring them. Here, here's where I, I I will give Cleveland State credit, which I don't like to do right now. Um, Dennis Gates is clearly coaching, and his team continues to improve. And there, there's something he said for that because I. I, I you look at a lot of the teams in the league right now and you don't see improvement, but you see it in Cleveland state. And that tells me that they're still having great practices and getting better. Yeah. And uh, I, there, there's something to be said for that. Dennis Gates can coach. He's, he's showing that. And imagine when he actually can, you know, do a little recruiting, which he's been doing, you know, and yeah. 
have some time with the team. Like that, he actually, that's a team in the fact, future. He actually has one of his his uh, his fall signees, Alec Oglesby. He actually graduated. He actually graduated in December. He he's enrolled now. Okay. He actually is going to be on campus, enrolled at Cleveland State, starting in January. Can he play I mean, on the like scout team at that point? How does that work? Uh, he yeah he uh, I believe he does get a semester where he will be redshirting. I believe that is how that's going to work. But cool. it, it's it's interesting. Well, and you got to remember too, Dennis Gates not only had to bring in this team on the fly, but he also had to con- he also had to sell those of those guys who might have been in the tra- who were still on campus, and those guys who were in the transfer portal, like a Jalen Hill and a uh, Spider Johnson, sell them on coming back. So, you know, as far as I could tell, they, you know, the buy-in is there. And I've, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen this in years. I didn't see this. I never saw this during the Dennis Gates, Dennis Felton era. Never saw it. I didn't see it. I really didn't see a lot of it in the last two years of the Gary Waters era. Because I really think that I really think that that last that for after the 2014-15 season, you know that that was just that was just kind of the the beginning of the end for the in the Gary Waters era. But you see it. But there seems to be so much more buy-in with Dennis Gates, and maybe it's because of the you know the fact he's you know he's he's that he's a he's a Leonard Hamilton disciple, and you know. And, and yeah, and Leonard Hamilton. I don't know if you noticed, but Leonard Hamilton doesn't look like he's aged in like twenty years. That is he's, the thing. Yeah, he he is seventy years old. You can't tell. Um, but yeah, I mean, just taking that, just being able to take that, and really, at least getting, you know, getting the most out of what we consider to be a fringy D one roster. At the time, to get as much as he's gotten out of it is a freaking miracle. So basically, to recap, uh, the league sucks. Wright State's still winning. Cleveland yep. State's actually looking decent, and that's about where we're at right now. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, go figure. Isn't that the, TL- <laughs> isn't that the TLDR on this one here? Pretty much. So if you got through this entire podcast and you're thinking, oh, dear God, we already knew all this crap. Why did we listen this whole time? Probably because you like hearing what we have to say. You know who likes to hear what we have to say, oddly enough? Ah, yes. I I know who you're going to say, so go ahead and say it. And we need to get him on, hopefully, in the next week or two. we got to reach out to him. Is uh, Jordan Burnfield, uh, who calls a lot of the ESPN stuff. Uh, He he was talking about that he likes to listen to what we have to say because we're fans that that care. And it gives him a good idea of getting into some Horizon League games when he's got a call. So what's up, Jordan? And we absolutely don't, and, and we do make a concerted effort not to pull everything out of our asses, too. So I, I don't. I, everything is straight <laughs> out of my ass, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, yeah, we, we, yeah. So, uh, so Jordan, yeah, get ready. We are, we're, we're going to get you on. We're, we're going to try to get you on here at some point in time. Um, speaking of people we need to get on, we got to get Justin Kinner on at some point in time, too. Absolutely. I know I've been putting that off and putting that off because, you know, Ah, too many things going on at the end of the year for me. So now that all that crap settled down, it's it's time to it's time to buckle down and get serious about. It's that time to get serious about Horizon League basketball. <laughs> you can't even say that with a straight no, face. absolutely not. <laughs> you can't say that with a straight face. It's like come on, team, it's a Horizon League basketball. <laughs> 
No, this is just doesn't. No, that that doesn't sound right. Serious business, Horizon League. It sounds like a, you know. It makes about as much sense as a hubcap on a tractor. Yeah, well, we'll keep polishing this turd and talking about it, and hopefully uh, see where things end up here. Uh, well, if we're the highlight, we're we're probably the highlight of the weekend for everybody. Like, especially those people who lost. Except they'll probably be like, oh god, I don't want to hear this shit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I was I wasn't terribly excited to talk about. That's why I pushed through everything Oakland. I don't want to talk about them. Yeah, well, it, I, I yeah the, the the big key the big test is going to be. Yeah, the Oakland's yeah Oakland needs to do needs to have a good showing this weekend. Or um, Greg Campy is going to be even more upset than he is now. I mean, the good news is angry Greg Campy is really really fun to oh, watch. Oh, he really is. He really is. So we could look forward to like some super pissed Campy. Oh yeah, I would not doubt it. I I don't know if I yeah that especially after this weekend. So I'm looking forward to it. Or I will. I, I would like to work, look forward to it. If he if he's mad, then that means Cleveland State probably won. At which point in time, I'm going to be super happy. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, that about wraps it up for us here. That's so enough. Uh, that's enough okay. Horizon League basketball. <laughs> so you can uh, you can catch uh, episodes of the Horizon Roundtable and. Um, you know, John Parker's poor you know, power rankings, that poor bastard. I can't believe he's going to keep doing this. Um, at, on at HorizonRoundTable.com. You can find us wherever you find podcasts. And I'm sure we're still on your Amazon and Google devices. I'm sure they're really everybody's really happy that that's the case. So with that said, we're done. And thanks for listening. <laughs>